This is the Bet 1660, as it is Saturdays of Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. Hope everyone's having a wonderful Saturday morning. It's a little chilly outside, I'm not going to lie. When I uh, I got up to, to my truck this morning, I was like, okay, this is uh, it's starting to feel a little bit like the colder weather. It's starting to feel like the traditional football weather outside. And before you know it, I hope it doesn't happen anytime soon, but the snow is going to be on the ground. Absolutely hate the snow. Not a big fan of it. It just gets everywhere. People don't know how to drive. I mean, they don't know how to drive. Period. But still, they uh, it's uh, it's it's a little uh, it's, it's 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 almost that time of year again. Remember, you can always always chime in on the show at Kramer Talks at Twitter. If you have me on Snapchat, either way that you can get a hold of me, just try it for it, do for it. Um, if you want to chime into the show, anything possible. But today we're talking about the NFL trade deadline fallout. A few things happening there. Of course, the hot stove is preheating currently. We're going to try to make some money, of course, on Daily Fantasy. Plus, we're also going to be joined a little bit later on uh, at the bottom of the hour with our fantasy football guru, Dusty Likens. And also some releases in, in the world of professional wrestling. I, I just want to get into because I just have, I mean, I'm a huge passion about wrestling. So we'll get to that uh, in the, the final uh, final segment of the day. But let's just, uh, the NFL trade uh, trade fall. Let's just let's talk about with the Chiefs for a second. Because, granted, I mean, we're in the market, of course. But the Kansas City Chiefs probably were going to be sellers by the trade deadline, which was what was that on Tuesday? I believe it was. It, it was. This was a busy week, a busy fun week for myself. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, the, the trade deadline happened earlier this week, and the Chiefs made a couple moves, which I was very shocked. But they were probably going to be sellers if they didn't win that game Monday night against the Giants. And right then and there, when I was uh, you know prepping for the Arrowhead Pride post game show over on our sister station, six ten Sports Radio, I asked uh, SJ Binkley. I was like, all right, Chiefs lose tonight. Who who are they trading first? And it took him a little bit to figure figure it out, but it was a an instance of all right, this not a consolidating type term, but if the Chiefs do lose this game, I there's not a reason for at least one or two guys being traded off this team. But granted, the Chiefs won, and they ended up being buyers at the trade deadline. They acquired Melvin Ingram for a sixth round draft pick, which clearly we hope that. He actually brings something to the table. I mean, he did again. Melvin Ingram, well, well, Steeler this year, able to put up solid numbers there. And he was a six-round pick for him. Not too bad. Not too bad getting uh, some draft capital for him rather than trying to sign him before the before the season started. Honestly, this might be the cheaper option for him because you already know what you can get out of Melvin Ingram rather than what you can get from a six-round draft pick to have. Hopefully, that is a diamond-in-the-rough type pick for how low that, that, that draft pick is. So, Chiefs acquire Mel- Melvin Ingram, which I th- I think is a great move. It- it's going to help out this pass rush 100%. We saw it. We we know what Chris Jones can do on the inside, and this move probably forces Chris Jones back on the inside for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's going to help them with their pass rush ability because Chris Jones, at the defensive tackle spot, he is probably the second best pass rusher at the defensive tackle behind Aaron Donald, and we saw a little bit about a little bit of that during the Giants game on Monday night, pretty much closed out the end of the game where Frank Clark was able to apply pressure to Daniel Jones and Chris Jones and Frank Clark was able to apply pressure to Daniel Jones to actually end the game. So adding Melvin Ingram over there on the left or right side, depending on where you want to put him, if you're uh, Steve Spagnuolo, you're, you're going to appreciate the aspect of having an actual true pass rusher than rather having a guy who's been moving from one position to another to help on that pass rushing ability. 
So I think this was a great move by the Chiefs. This, the Chiefs were, they, they see the desperation of need. Granted, do I still think they kind of fumbled the, the Josh Gordon experience here in Kansas City when they should have probably signed a linebacker such as Cough Cough Jamie Collins? That honestly could, I mean, Jamie Collins is a lot better than Anthony Hitchens and Ben Neiman combined if you mold them to as to a player. So I mean, heck, if you had Jamie Collins next to uh, Nick Bolton and also Willie Gay, who's been doing really great in the same position now, because I mean, he even got a, um, a pick in his last game. So, and probably one of the better coverage linebackers that's in the game today. Uh, clearly, out of when he got drafted, he was the, the best coverage linebacker in that draft a few years ago. So you at least know what their best abilities are. And I think the defense on the on the front on the front side of the defense it, it it's gotten better, but that back surrounding the 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 corners the safeties those are the biggest question marks for this Chiefs and and does it does it seem like things are going to get easier for the Chiefs eh, possibly but it's it's they're still a 500 football team until they can prove me wrong or still going to be a 500 football team throughout the rest of the season because of just how things are just not clicking on all cylinders whatsoever whether if it's the defensive side giving up the Tremendous amount of passing yards, running yards, uh, points, which we have seen the points decline a little bit the past two weeks. But we're also seeing the offense continue to struggle like it has been. And it's not going to be good because they go up against the Green Bay Packers this week with an Aaron Rodgers-less Packers team, So it, which sucks. But Because, I mean, I'd rather see the Rodgers versus Mahomes, but we'll get more on that a little bit here shortly. But another trade that the Chiefs did make was uh, trading LDT, the, 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 one of their better guards that they've had on the team. And... Trade him to the Jets for another tight end, Dan Brown, which honestly never really heard of him. And heck, this is this move I believe was to clear up some cap space. That, that's that's all that I could see the the my mind processing and trying to figure out. Okay, so why did they trade LDT? Did they do it for this reason? No, they did it for this exact reason to save up some money, possibly have some money for this upcoming season, or even just clearing up space for a guy that could possibly end up joining on the team. It depends on where he's going to fall in the waiver order setup, which is OBJ, and that's a uh, that's 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 some huge news coming up here relatively soon that he could be joining a team as soon as Monday and being claimed off that. I mean, it depends on what team wants to have OBJ on their team, but the Chiefs, if they are going to throw their name in the hat, clearly OBJ is a better pickup than I would say Josh Gordon. I think you wasted money on trying to sign Josh Gordon if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, but. OBJ's release, LDT being traded, freed up some money. Heck, a, a fifth tight end now is on the team for the Kansas City Chiefs. What what, what are they going to do with all these tight ends? Heck, the only tight end they actually truly need is Travis Kelsey. And if Noah Gray is actually going to be the guy for them, is that the guy that they actually drafted for in this past draft? So we'll just see how the things shift, shift and make up on this entire offensive side. But it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt with the trade with the trade of LDT that the Chiefs could possibly, you know. Get a guy like OBJ. So let's just go into that topic. Or OBJ, um, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was released by the Cleveland Browns earlier this week. The things just wasn't working out. This, this is a guy, a former All Pro. This guy is a one of the better wide receivers in the league for the past five years. In the past three years now, he hasn't really done much because of due to injury. This guy is always injured. But then, if you look at the waiver order, Kansas City is ranked 18th on this waiver order on being able to get him. Personally, as a Raiders fan, I was hoping he'd fall to the Raiders, but I don't see Raiders sitting at 26 on the NFL waiver order. I don't see that happening because a lot of things, a lot of bad things have been happening with the, the personnel, with the, the the Las Vegas Raiders. If you want to just talk about the Henry Ruggs stuff, completely do not condone any of that actions that he did 
stupid, never go behind the wheel, drunk, dumb, stupid. Then you also get the thing about last night with Damien Arnett, the corner, got into a car wreck about seven months ago, seven, nine months ago. He used to posted on social media that he has a gun or something on his hand, like threatening to shoot people. That's that's what I've seen on the, the, the tweet that I saw this morning. So I stuff is not happening perfectly at all in Las Vegas right now, which isn't good. So, I mean, OBJ, if he comes to Vegas... That's just another baggage of things that could possibly happen. So I'm not, I'm not, con- I'm not, I'm not big on the move with OBJ going to the Raiders. But a, a team that could possibly in the top five, that could say, hey, let's throw the name in the hat is the New York Jets. I could see the New York Jets trying to put a a claim out there for OBJ. They're ranked fifth. Heck, if he wants to go back to the New York Giants, they're sixth. They need a wide receiver. They need wide receiver help as well. Or even the team that I think could possibly just win this entirety of it is the Seahawks. Seahawks with could be he, OBJ could be paired up with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and that probably be one of the strongest wide receivers group in the National Football League. Especially when Russell Wilson comes back, it'll just it'll just be a, a a tremendous amount of fun just to watch how the offense thrives in Seattle. Yeah, so OBJ is a free agent, and heck, Kansas City, if he ends up falling to eighteen, there's no reason for the Kansas City Chiefs not to say, you know what, let's tender this, let's uh. Let's uh, let's just bring back OBJ. The team before them, they already know that's not going to grab them because it's the Cleveland Browns. They're 17th in the waiver order, and they, they're the ones that released them. So if you're Kansas City, you think to yourself, you can just pay the minimum, and you can just have OBJ for the rest of the season. There's no reason for you not to do that. And it's good if that does happen, watch out because then the Chiefs are going to be extremely loaded. But then again, how can Patrick Mahomes beat this cover two defense on every single team that they've played? Because it seems like Patrick Mahomes has somewhat regressed a little bit. I wouldn't say it's a lot, but I think we've seen the better games of Patrick Mahomes already throughout his career, and that's 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 terrible saying that because the guy's like what 25, 26, and even on uh, even on ESPN, Stephen A. Smith says, uh, "Have we seen the best of Mahomes?" Um, because I don't think people realize. You know, I see Mina with her face there, her facial expressions, and you know Swag Goo's about to jump on me. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I would ask rhetorical questions. Didn't Patrick's uh, Mahomes first year as a starter, didn't he throw 50 touchdowns and 12 interceptions? I believe that was the case. Yep. He went to the AFC Championship game. Did he win the Super Bowl championship the next year? I believe we saw that. So what I'm saying is, is that that, to me, was the best. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is whatever he does in the future, I think will mirror – what we have already seen. I'm not trying to say that okay. this is the best okay. he's done. I'm saying that what you see from him moving forward, because I don't think this, this struggle is going to last. The brother is just too gifted, too talented, yeah. and what have you. But I don't, I don't, I mean, when I see him do work again, well, what's he gonna do? He's gonna do better than 50 touchdowns? He's gonna do better than win a Super Bowl championship? No. So since he's already done both, uh-huh. I'm saying that you've Wait. already seen the best. The logic cannot be defined. Yeah. And I feel like Mahomes now is going to get a bad rap for anything that he does because of how the stupid numbers he put up on the MVP season that he had, able to win the Super Bowl, and we would, um, able to be the Super Bowl MVP. There's just so much Patrick Mahomes has done, and now we're starting to see him actually come down to earth a little bit, and that's because of how the defense is being played. Granted, the defense is not spectacular for the Green Bay Packers this week. It, it's, it's not. It's just a team that's just grit, glamour, and making sure things happen at the right time. I, I, 
I, I work for Arrowhead Pride. I've seen the simulations happen. I've, I've noticed how Madden updates its game every single week, and the week that's this past week that happened, if you haven't checked it out, go for it. I mean, I, I voice over the track. You can read my article, all that stuff, but the Packers ended up winning in this simulation by three points. Jordan Love was able to cut and carve up the the offense, um, uh, the, excuse me, the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs, and Mahomes, when watching it, couldn't get past cover two. I think the longest p- passing play during that game was a a, a twenty two yard little ditch or a little a little pass up and forward. Which honestly, the little touch passes when you see Tyreek Hill come across, those should count as runs. I feel like because they're just not as I mean, heck, they go as passing yards for for Patrick Mahomes, but it's just more glorified running yards for for Tyreek Hill. But that's all that would happen. Like I, I've seen the, the video game actually adjust to Patrick Mahomes as well, kind of like how the defenses have um, adjusted to Patrick Mahomes in real time, in real life. And it's just like, what is going on here? And then this is when I was like hoping for a Rodgers versus Mahomes contest that we've been wait, waiting for three years to see. This could have been the year, but being placed on the COVID-19 list is Aaron Rodgers, who's has uh, taking medical advice with a podcaster named Joe Rogan. So that's a uh, it's it sucks because I wanted to see Rogers versus Mahomes because we saw last week that Rogers and it was the Packers versus the Cardinals. All the Packers probably about half the offensive fire weapons for for Aaron Rodgers was on COVID nineteen list. Now Aaron Rodgers goes on that list. I can see Aaron Rodgers can actually make wide receivers do things. I don't see Jordan Love helping the wide receivers at all when it comes to him making his first start against the Kansas City Chiefs. But heck, then again, it's the Kansas City Chiefs defense they're going up against. Jordan Love can have himself a heyday, go pass for 400 yards, 300 to 400 yards, two, three touchdowns. Devonta Adams will play this game. Aaron Jones will play this game. You, you can dish it off to Aaron Jones. Heck, you can have a power back and A.J. Dillon run right through this um, defensive line. That's why it was so important for the Kansas City Chiefs to acquire Melvin Ingram before this game so you can apply pressure to, well, it was going to be Aaron Rodgers, but now to Jordan Love of the Green Bay Packers to get him, throw him off his game for his first start in the NFL. So Jordan Love versus Patrick Mahomes is going to happen this Sunday, and it's going to be it's going to be a close one. I think I I predicted a 23 to 21 Kansas City Chiefs football game to win. It's it's going to be by 3 points. It's it's that's how the Chiefs are going to play no matter what throughout the rest of the season. And what the last game that they won by multiple double digits was what the the football team when they played them. That's probably going to be the most points they've actually going to win by this season is from that last game. So, and because the schedule only gets harder for the Kansas City Chiefs until they start playing the Denver Broncos once again or when they actually officially play the Denver Broncos. Because you know what? Next week, next week's going to be a fun week for myself because it's going to be the, the Raiders versus the Chiefs next week, which I thoroughly cannot wait because I'm going to enjoy that 100%. But we can't get there without this week in Week 9. Jordan Love versus Patrick Mahomes for the first time ever. We'll see what Jordan Love can do. Granted, the, the, the Green Bay Packers rarely miss on draft picks, and they actually went up and acquired traded up for Jordan Love two years ago. So th- I think the time has, has come to see what we can see with Jordan Love, especially going up against a one of the top and better quarterbacks in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes. The hot stove is preheating. We'll discuss more fur- further into it next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on The Bet 1660. Saturdays with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. 
That hot stove is preheating for Major League Baseball. It, it, it truly is. It's uh, it's around that time of the year where we're going to see some ridiculous amount of signings to a ridiculous amount of dollars and some possible fun trades that makes me want to go put in MLB The Show and start playing it to make trades myself to see if I can you know, build a team such as Kansas City Royals who are looking to build upon this upcoming season with hopefully some good moves to get them established into the, the second tier, I would say, of the AL Central. So, I mean, clearly they're not going to get behind. They're going to be behind the Chicago, Chicago White Sox the majority of this upcoming five to ten years stretch, possibly. We'll, we'll see how things work out. I mean, Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert are, there for, uh, for, are going to be there for quite some time, and those are some studs that they have on the White Sox. But hot stuff is preheating, and if I were to tell you this, that there is a guy that won the World Series MVP who had a regular season war that was in the negatives, you would probably say, oh, no, you're, you're kidding. You're kidding. And then if I were to tell you that he was a former Royal as well, you'd be like, okay, you're definitely kidding. Yeah, no, Jorge Soler for the Atlanta Braves. I mean, Atlanta won the World Series. Thank, thank the heavens that the Braves won the World Series, the baseball gods, because there was no way in hell that I wanted to see the Houston Trastros becoming the uh, the World Series winners, of course. But yeah, no, Jorge Soler traded this uh, this midseason uh, at the trade deadline to Atlanta, which for, I, I honestly can't even tell you who the guy that they traded for, because Atlanta was like, you know what, we'll just uh, send you this guy, we'll take Jorge Soler, we'll take that, that that money's off your off the salary, and that's what the Royals did. This was a guy, this was a, 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 a Royals player that uh, had 94 games 13 home runs, 37 RBIs while batting a buck 92. Then when he gets traded to Atlanta, it seems like a, a flip switched. And people are saying that scenery changes and they, they help out every once in a while. They they adjust some things. But this actually, this scenery changed helped out Horace Soler tremendously. He got that batting average up to a 269. 14 home runs and 33 RBIs. Yeah, this guy, Horace Soler, ended up with 27 home runs and 70 RBIs while batting a, a 223, which I mean, is just a tad bit under than what his regular career batting average is in a 246. But Jorge Soler winning the World Series MVP could honestly help him get another payday. I mean, this is this is also a guy that's 29 years old. He's he he's in the middle parts of his prime. Even this is also a guy that we know can hit bombs. He hit bombs during the World Series. He, he hit 48 bombs in 2019. This is a guy that we know can put up numbers. So. I wouldn't be shocked if we don't see him getting signed to a you know a lucrative type deal, maybe a, a two two to three year, maybe it's a 15, 10, 15 million dollars a year. But because there's gonna be teams that are gonna be out there that are gonna do this, and this is what I mean. What we've been talking about the Kansas City Metro, like you shouldn't sign Jorge Soler to this, but knowing that Jorge Soler can put up some big spots, some big time at bats during crunch time, especially in the World Series. That's going to get you a contract. It will. It will definitely get you a contract. So I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm ecstatic for Jorge Soler and what has happened to his career and what has happened that progressed throughout the rest of the season because you know he was down on himself the entire time when it came to the Kansas City Royals when the time that he was in Kansas City like in this past year you could tell he was down on himself. He wanted to get back into the form to where he can just hit the fastball out of the park, possibly try to hit it towards I seventy. But now he's doing it for Atlanta, and now World Series MVP, which is amazing. He got a second ring of his entire career. Remember, this is a guy that was on the 2016 Chicago Cubs team 
that won that World Series against the the Cleveland at that time Indians. Now, I mean, it's still going to be the Guardians until we figure out what the legal troublesuit is when they got sued what a, a week and a half ago because of the the roller derby team. We'll see what the 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 Cleveland Guardians that they changed their name or not. But like I mentioned, the hot stove is preheating, and the, the thing that I enjoy the most is those shock factor type trades. Like last year when we saw Blake Snell get traded from the Rays to the the Padres, and we see what happened this past season, what the Padres did with that entire team, completely abysmal. They finished 500, which was shockingly. Jace Tingler out. He's out of here. Uh, but yeah, big moves that could possibly happen with these players. And there's four players that I am actually intrigued to figure out if they're going to keep them or not. And we'll start the starting the AL Central with Byron Buxton. I could see Byron Buxton this year being traded, but that's the thing too. If you trade for Byron Buxton, you're also going to be trading for a guy that will probably not give you a full 162 games. And with the the, the Minnesota Twins right now, they're trying to liquidate and consolidate and make sure this team is, I guess, able to be a contender within the next two to five years. That's what everybody's game plan is always when they try to rebuild. Two to five years, we'll be back. That's what they always say. Two to five years. Uh, for the Twins rebuild, this might be a five to ten year type thing, especially if you trade Byron Buxton. You better make sure you get a lot out of him, but I feel like they won't. The Twins are going to be getting a guy, they're giving up a guy that's he's always hurt. But when he's actually out there playing fully healthy, especially this past, uh, what was it, April last month or last year or May in the past season, dude hit like, what, 15 home runs, drove in 30 RBIs, had 10 stolen bases, batted at like a 540 or something like that. Buxton, when he when he's fully healthy, he's going to be a legit all-star and, a, and an MVP candidate. And if he can play a full 162, I can see him winning the MVP. So Byron Buxton, I would keep an eye eyes out on him. I would also keep my eye out on the Brewers' closer if you want to go to the NL Central, Josh Hader. Hader is a strong lefty. He can top those 100-plus. And this is a guy in the back of the bullpen, whether if you want to have him as a setup guy, which I believe lefties are sort of setup guys compared to the right-handed closers. But, I mean, there are lefties out there that are phenomenal closers. And if you want Josh Hader to be your closer, he can do it phenomenally. Like, he can, he's a guy that I can trust, a left-hander. I can trust him at the at the helm, closing down the door in the ninth inning. And Josh Hader, I would not be shocked to see him move. And this is also another thing to where if I see Josh Hader move, I think it's going to go to a, an American League team. And I think the Angels, if you're if you're out here and you need a pitcher, like especially a closer, why don't you try to get Josh Hader? At Brewers, I'd keep an eye on Josh Hader. Also, Arizona Diamondbacks, he's an outfielder slash second baseman. Heck, you can make him a utility guy. That's Cattell Marte. I wouldn't be shocked to see him move as well. The Diamondbacks are just a dumpster fire of a baseball team. It seems like when they think that's going the right way, it doesn't. And it just spirals out of control very quickly. I think this is a team that what won 50 games this past season. That's not good, especially for a guy like Cattell Marte, who's a, who's a criminal all-star. You typically, every single season, can get you on that all-star ballot, but he can't help you because you don't have enough, I guess, weapons or firepower around him. If I'm the Kansas City Royals... I see Cattell Marte. You might be having to give up, say, a Jackson Coa or somebody along that nature, but this is also an Arizona Diamondbacks team that traded Paul Goldschmidt for Carson Kelly and Luke Weaver, who, who've done absolutely nothing for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I mean, they're, they're, they're role-player guys for the team, but this is a, a Arizona team that doesn't, or front office that, you know, will take risks on some big-name guys for teams that 
possibly may not do much. And if if, if I'm trading Jackson Coar for a Cattell Marte, heck, you figured out your outfield spot. You you could probably figure out that what Merrifield might be playing second base for the for the rest of the majority of his uh his Kansas City career. And heck, Cattell Marte plays center field. I'd rather have Cattell Marte's glove and bat out in center field rather than it is Michael Taylor out there. I mean, Michael Taylor only he, his bat shows up what every twenty games, but then and his gloves always there. I mean, if on the Royals, why don't you try to get Cattell Marte? There's no reason for you not to. He's going to be traded by the uh, during this offseason anyway. So Kansas City might want to knock on a call on the Diamondbacks and say, "Hey, what do you want for Cattell? I, I got a guy named uh, Jackson Coar who's you know he's he's had ups and ups and mostly downs his entire uh, career so far as an Royals uniform, but we we know he has the potential. I mean, this is a, a guy that. Was amazing in in Triple A, but then again, Triple A and Major League Baseball, huge gap. So yeah, Cattell Marte, make sure you keep a lookout on him. And athletic slugger, first baseman Matt Olson. I, I, so I, my second favorite team is the Athletics, and I, from watching Oakland A's baseball, when I fell in love with the team, notoriously when Yonas Cespedes joined Major League Baseball, and I just fell in love with Yonas Cespedes, and I fell in love with that entire team. And this is a, a the A's are a team that they will have your your best. They think they have your best, and then they can't resign because they don't have the money. Heck, they, even with Bob Melvin being uh, going to San Diego now um, and not managing the Athletics, this this team's probably going to go downhill a little bit. And I don't see why Matt Olson doesn't get traded. I can see this happening. It's they done it with Ryan Healy to the to the I think they traded the Brewers or the Mariners at one point. Heck, you can even just talk about when they traded Josh Donaldson, when they traded Jonas Cespedes. Like this is what the A's do when they can't re-sign their star players. They just can't do it. They're MVP caliber players. And with Matt Olson could drive a lot of hot commodity, especially for a left-handed power bat at first base. Heck, and with the Universal DH coming this upcoming season. I don't see that any team in Major League Baseball should, they need to see if what they can, what it takes to acquire a guy such as Matt Olson. Like why, why not? So yeah, Matt Olson. Make sure you keep a lookout on the possible big moves on that way. And when looking at this upcoming free agency hot stove, what do you want to call it for Major League Baseball? The Kansas City Royals. They need a few things. I think they're they're almost there. They they might need another pitcher. They, they actually might need it. Uh, I would bring in a veteran left-hander if I'm the Kansas City Royals right now, especially to help and guide Daniel Lynch, who Daniel Lynch is going to be a uh, an all-star caliber pitcher by the end of next season, I believe. He's gonna, you're going to see Daniel Lynch go through some growing pains still, but then he's going to figure it out. He, he figured it out the second half of the season for himself. But I think a veteran left-handed pitcher such as a guy like maybe Drew Smiley or Alex Wood could help him a lot. I know when they had Danny Duffy last season that it it it, it could have helped out a lot than when the Royals traded Duffy like he he didn't play the rest of the season. Granted Danny Duffy is a free agent at the end of the well, is a free agent now currently. It's odd to think that baseball season is already over with. Um but yeah no Danny, Danny Duffy he's a free agent. The Royals could bring back Danny Duffy and I would not be shocked about it. But the Royals, they need at least one more pitcher, and they also need some outfield. I don't want Whit Merrifield starting in my, in right, at right field to start the season. I, I don't want to see that. I want to see Whit Merrifield at second base. I want to see Nicky Lopez at shortstop. I want to see Alberto Modesty at third. Heck, if Bobby Witt Jr. gets called up and has to play the outfield, put him at center field. I, I, you could see him. With the, the talent and the ability that he has, if he starts spring training this upcoming season, 
in the outfield, don't be shocked that he doesn't make the opening day roster. Then if I'm the Kansas City Royals, I think you should. I honestly think, like I mentioned beforehand, trade for Cattell Marte. Cattell Marte is in Arizona just sitting there. Trade for him. This is a guy that can put you 20 to 30 home runs a season. He's a gap ball hitter. It's a big, big yard at Kaufman. So why not do it? What What is the risk for it? Make some moves again. We, it was it was shocking last offseason when Andrew Benatendi got traded to the Kansas City Royals. I absolutely love the deal. Heck, the guy that they sent to the Royals that sent to the Boston Red Sox, Franchi Cordero, isn't even on a major league roster anymore. He got released through um, designated for assignment, actually, during the playoffs. Like, there's nothing going on, and the Red Sox said, you know what, we, we're, we're about ready to uh, lose this series. Why don't we just designate Franchi Cordero? It's like it was just a move to, I don't know, it, I, I, I feel bad for the kid, but the Royals absolutely won that Andrew Benatini trade. And with the, the roster, this makeup, the genetic makeup this roster has currently still with Carlos Santana, if Santana can play like he did for the first 70 games of the season of last year, he can play that for the one full 162. Heck, if he even gets hurt and plays it for only 140 and has that same production where he's getting uh, two walks a night, you can take that constantly. Take it. And also, I, I'm, I'm not fully set on a backup catcher here in Kansas City. If Sauer Perez is going to split time between catcher to DH the first base, which I which I hope he I want to see him play more first base as because I feel like his career could be more longevity if he's a transitions to a DH catcher or a DH first baseman. I can see his career, you know, another 10, 10 years for Salvi. I can see that because of how good his bat is and how his bat head stays through the zone at an excelled rate. Now, if I'm the Royals right now, get that backup catcher, get another outfielder, and also get a, get a starting pitcher. Get a lefty, for for instance. You need to get a left-handed pitcher. So they truly need these guys. They do. And this team is almost there. This is the second-best team in the AL Central. I firmly can assure and say that with confidence this is the second-best team in the AL Central. Because this is a team that's going to be va- like lobby for a wild-card spot this upcoming year. This, this upcoming 2022 season, which is... It, this baseball season went by so fast, and it just went by so quick, and it just makes me sad. Because I, I miss baseball already. I do. It's like I don't know what I need. I can watch at night anymore. Great, I know there's football on and stuff, but it's – I miss baseball. I do. And I it's – just, it's, just, it's just my it's, – it's America's pastime. It's Kramer's pastime. It's, it's, it's Kramer's favorite sport out there. So, yeah, no, this is Cyrus of Kramer. Right here on the bet sixteen sixty. If you if you enjoy the show, let me know. Heck, I, Jay Binkley's texted me and said, "Hey, sounding good, Kramer." And I texted him back saying, "Hopefully, I don't sound tired," which I don't think I do. Heck, even my mom's listening out there, which uh, obviously she's the uh, she gives me the, the the clear and all good to go when things aren't working or things are working back here. Like, hey, you're on air. Hey, you're not on air. Cause, I mean, we we know this thing's being held up. Heck, she even texted me saying the duct tape, paper clips, hand, the hamster wheel underneath, et cetera, is working this morning. MacGyver, because I mean MacGyver was able to figure it all out. Um, yeah, but yeah, she said I'm on the air, so that's all that matters. That is all that matters. So yeah, we're gonna come back. We're gonna be joined by our fantasy football guru Dusty Likens because you know what? This is the bet 1660. Let's let's try to make some money. We'll try to we'll try to do that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the bet 1660. We're back at it here on a Saturday morning. About 20 minutes to go here the rest of this show. This goes by so quick. This show does go by so quick. It's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, no, I've uh, got some uh, some some, just, some 
if I can speak right now, some suggestions to watch, which uh, some action. Watch the Mac from on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Jay Binkley firmly says that, hey, watch some football. And then my mother's like, yeah, you can watch the Hallmark Christmas movies. No. It's not even Thanksgiving yet, and you're watching Hallmark Christmas movies. But then again, you're also watching Hallmark Christmas movies during the, the summer, which I, I still don't understand. But I, that's just my mother doing that, though. But no, joining us now is our fantasy football guru here at Odyssey in, in the Kansas City metro area. Dusty like and so you can listen to on su- Sundays. Sundays at 9 to 10 with Fantasy Football Sundays are on our sister station, 610 Sports Radio. Dusty, how you doing this morning, my man? I'm doing good, Craig, man. How are you doing today? You know what? Not too bad. It's a little chilly. Um, uh, you've mentioned that you're going to go to the golf courses, which I, I, I see that you can brave the elements out there. I can't do that, but I know what you can do, and that's give great fantasy football advice along with go on the link. So, Dusty, what you got for me this week? Yeah, and the other sleeper here is the weather today in Kansas City. Like, it's going to start off like 38, but, man, it's going to get straight to like 55. So about, I don't know, maybe at the turn I'll be able to lose the vest. Uh, but when we get into matchups today, there's a couple of big ones with a lot of superstars. Now, again, there's a lot of people that might have some key elements on buys this week. Those people are Tampa Bay, Seattle, Detroit, um, and Washington. So a heavy receiver battle um, on bye weeks this week, DK, um, Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, Terry McLaurin, so DeAndre Swift for running backs out there. So some of you guys that are hurting this week will get you some uh, maybe late waiver wire pickups and also some sleepers this week. But a matchup that's big is obviously Sunday night football. Now last week we didn't get, or a couple weeks ago we didn't get Dak Prescott, um, and He's a full go this week. So for all those fantasy owners that own Dak Prescott that maybe have him in a two-quarterback league and you don't really know or you don't expect the outcome, he's got a tough matchup, right? He gets Von Miller and, uh, and Aaron Donald. I can't believe I'm saying that in one sentence, but obviously that news uh, is due to everybody as well. But Dallas and the Rams, Sunday Night Football, you have a lot of action on, on Dallas' side. But the questionable things that remain is CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper are both questionable. Now, they don't plan to miss any of the game, but they are both questionable with injuries as they were kind of limited all week, if didn't practice some of the days during practice. A bit concerning for me because number five, Jalen Ramsey's out there, and you don't hear a lot about Jalen Ramsey. And when, when it comes to cornerbacks in the NFL, if they ain't talking about you, it means you're doing your job. So one of those guys is getting, is getting Jalen Ramsey. My guess is that it's going to be Amari Cooper. He's a little banged up, but I don't think you should be worried. You have to play those guys day in and day out. Now, on the other side of the ball, some Rams players also beat up. Matt Stafford was limited all week. He's questionable for the game, but they obviously are going to play him. Robert Woods, another one. He's another guy that is questionable, didn't practice really a whole lot this week, vaguely practiced on Friday, but they plan on him to be a game-time decision, but expect Robert Woods to play. Um, other matchup, we stay local. We stay with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers. Now, if there's one thing we remember a week ago, <clears throat> excuse me, a week ago, Four backup quarterbacks went in and did the job. I put so much disrespect on Mike White's name, and he completely punched me in the mouth. Sometimes I deserve that. But this week, it's love versus the Chiefs. I don't love him to be a guy that I would play. Now, obviously, if you're in a thin league with double quarterbacks and you want to try to take a chance thinking that this Chiefs defense is, you know, still what everybody in Kansas City calls it, a very bad defense, um, just remember one thing. The Chiefs did bring in Melvin Ingram. Coach Andy Reid said he plans on having him play a little bit. I expect him to play on basically full rush downs. 
have him and Frank Clark kind of take off every once in a while so they can keep both those guys healthy towards the end. Chris Jones obviously back at defensive tackle was disruptive last week, but Devontae Adams is back after being uh, placed on the COVID-19 list. Alan Lazard is back. Aaron Jones is still there. So Love's got tons of targets, but again, it's not Aaron Rodgers, right? It's different. And so when it comes to the Chiefs side of the ball, we look to see Travis Kelsey have a bounce-back game. Green Bay's got a pretty decent defense. It's not like top five. It's barely top ten, maybe right outside top ten, depending on what stats you look at. But Green Bay's got a decent defense. But I look for Travis Kelsey to have the bounce-back game this week. Travis Kelsey was held to his worst game all year last week. And this week, I look for them to get him more involved in the offense. And if there's one thing we've seen with Tyreek Hill in the last couple weeks, he's become a PPR god. That's right. Every single play they run to him are these quick slants, and they're giving him tons of targets. Now, the yards don't rack up, but does it really matter at the end of the day when he's got a touchdown, 12 catches for 68 yards? It really doesn't matter. And another matchup, I keep it in the AFC West. I like a lot of Chargers players this week. They play a Philadelphia defense that is very lackadaisical, very non-disciplined, and they are the 31st-ranked defense when it comes to the run. So those of you that have Austin Eckler, that have rode their bus with Austin Eckler this week's the week, where Austin Eckler kind of gets it done for you, make sure that you uh, have him plugged in your rosters. And I look to see Justin Herbert come back and strike magic again and get those numbers back up to where Justin Herbert is uh, in the world of football. And, again, that means Keenan Allen should be there too. Kramer, I mentioned some receivers that were on bye this week. This is a big receiver bye week. One of the receivers I like this week is Vance Jefferson out of Los Angeles. I mentioned earlier that matchup with the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football with Robert Woods being banged up. If you don't think you can trust Robert Woods to go out there because if there's one thing we know, Cooper Cup's going to eat. He's going to get a lot of targets from Matthew Stafford. They're going to lean on Cooper Cup. He's going to have digs on him. And if there's anything we've seen this year, digs is pretty damn good when it comes to playing defensive back in the NFL. The thing is, Jefferson will get those targets if Bob Woods does one of those things where we see a lot of times in football, hey, here it is. He's ready to play. He didn't practice all week. And then three plays in the game, limps off the field, has a bit of an injury. So Jefferson is a guy. It might be a late waiver addition. Another guy that I've seen out there everywhere is Galladay for the Giants. Now, he's questionable. He's been out in practice, you know, back and forth. But he's been available in a lot of leagues. I don't know what his availability is in this game, but I know that he's a late add. Maybe add him, stash him away on the bench for the next few years or next few years, sorry, next few weeks, as we're starting to get into that playoff push. And right now, you're in week nine, you've played eight games, you're either there, you're in the middle of the bubble, or you're done. So if you're done, disregard any of this. But if you're on the bubble or you're playing daily, Jefferson is a nice daily pick. And my sleeper this week, the tight end, plays for Minnesota, Tyler Conklin. Tyler Conklin is going up against the Baltimore Ravens. It's a game in which the Ravens should pretty much dominate. But they are 32nd in fantasy football when it comes to opposing tight ends. Tyler Conklin is also available. He's only rostered in about 45% of leagues. I love Tyler Conklin this week for the purple people eaters against the other, well, purple and black eaters. As they come back from a bye. They'll be well-rested. I look to see the Ravens really blow things out of proportion in this game, but I like Tyler Conklin for the Minnesota Vikings, Kramer, and that, my friend, is the fantasy advice I've got you this uh- week. All right, thank you so much, Dusty. Enjoy the links as it's going to be a cold one out there. But I, I know you braid the elements, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna do good. You're gonna do good. 
I do my best, Kramer, and uh, try to brave those elements tonight at Studio Day when you get the people what they want, and that's sports on a Saturday morning. Amen to that. Remember, you can listen to Dusty Likens uh, from 9 o'clock, 9 to 10 on Sundays with the Fans Football Sunday over on our sister station, 610 Sports Radio. Dusty, have a good one. Be easy, Kramer. Great advice there from Dusty Likens. Once again, thank you for joining uh, me on that on, on the show today. As uh, also, last week wasn't a good week for uh, for you know our our fantasy football uh, our daily fantasy. But here here's my daily daily fantasy football lineup for this upcoming uh, well for tomorrow. Remember, you can use these lineups if you want. It doesn't if it doesn't make you money. You can't blame me, but these are the guys you probably should start this week. And uh, let's start off with our quarterback, Kirk Cousins at the Ravens. Kirk Cousins is always in the game, no matter what it seems like. He's uh, he's not a guy that's going to throw you those interceptions, but he will give you at least one, possibly a game. But he's going to be a guy that this week against the Ravens is going to be probably be a shootout back and forth. As uh, it's it might be a good thing to start Kirk Cousins on this one because if the Vikings do play from behind, which they are typically going to be doing. Kirk Cousins is the guy to start. At running back, you should start Josh Jacobs against the Giants. I, granted, I know they're going. the Raiders are going on the road to New York, and usually when they're on the road to New York, it's not a good setting for the Raiders, which especially for the last time they played the Giants, which they lost there. Uh, last year, the, the Raiders won off that walk-off Hail Mary to uh, win the game against the Jets. But in the same location, start Josh Jacobs against the Giants. You should firmly do that. It's going to be a lot of run-heavy game for the Raiders, I believe. So Josh Jacobs should be the guy for you to start. Joe Mixon, might as well start him against the Browns this week. Joe Mixon's always in, whether if it's going to be getting a, a, a catch from the backfield or just running it, start Joe Mixon, especially for against his Browns, who are just in distraught right now. And there's just so much going on. So yeah, start Joe Mixon. I'll, wide receivers, you should start Jalen Waddle versus the Texans. This is a, a one and I think one and eight or one and seven contest between both teams. They, the only games they've won this this year is on week one, and they haven't won a game since. Start Jalen Waddle. One team is going to win two games this uh, this year, and it's going to be the Miami Dolphins. Start Jalen Waddle. Your other wide receiver, start Keenan Allen against the Eagles. The secondary for the Eagles isn't up to par as it should. So start Keenan Allen. The other one I just see we should start is Stephon Diggs against the Jaguars. He's probably good for two big catches, including a touchdown. He's probably going to get targeted, though, tremendously, maybe 10 times this uh, this week against the Jags. Start Diggs. At tight end, tar- play Dalton Schultz uh, of the Cowboys uh, against the Broncos. Just It's the Broncos. That that defense, they've given up. They traded their, their best pass rusher in some time in Von Miller, so you might as well just um, uh, start Dalton Schultz. At your flex, to start Cordell Patterson of the Atlanta Falcons. Completely just do that. Cordell Patterson's a wide receiver, running back, and a kick returner all in one, and he's going to put up points. So definitely do that. And your defense you start is the Cowboys against the Broncos, which the Broncos offense, they who's their quarterbacks? I, I really don't know who their quarterback is. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater, maybe Drew Locke. Yeah, we, we still don't know what it is. So quarterback, Kirk Cousins, your running back should be Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon. Your wide receivers, Jalen Waddle, Keenan Allen, and Stephon Diggs. Tight end Dalton Schultz, your flex Cordell Patterson, and defense take the Cowboys. That this that I this I put some big money on this one, big money as in five bucks on this lineup. So that's uh, I, I you you should lock this one in. So on our final topic for today's show, WWE released more wrestlers again. Like I I I find it entertaining and. Not just entertaining in the aspect of they actually release these people, the, all the talent these people have, and just the chances that they're not going to give. 
and it's 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 sad to say it, but I don't see AEW, who was just in Kansas City, not too on Wednesday. I don't see them signing any of these people yet, just in case, unless like people get hurt or just maybe contracts at AEW go up. But you could probably use all the free agents right now in the wrestling universe to start your own company, like Free Agent Wrestling Federation. You can just probably just name it that way. Like, I, honestly, if I'm smart enough, why don't I just start it and I can just try to sign people, which, I mean, I don't have the money for. It's all, and you stream it to YouTube. That's Everything right now is going to YouTube, so why not try this? But the big notable names that WWE released was Keith Lee, which Keith Lee, if you don't know, this is a six foot eight, sort of, maybe six foot four. He's, he weighs about 300 some pounds. This dude does flips. He jumps, he does ring dives. He can do so much. The, the WWE just fumbled with him. Karrion Cross, who was an NXT champion, but then again, five NXT champions, the past five NXT champions, if you're just not counting Samoa Joe, they're not even in the company anymore. They're all over at AEW. So Karrion Cross, very great talent. Even even Marie, she was signed to WWE, back to WWE just because of Total Diva stuff over on E! Network. And... She was just now released. Like she was even, she hasn't even been back in WWE for more than six months, and she's already gone. Ember Moon, she can do obviously incredible things on the Indies, and Mia Yim as well. Like that's, uh, and also Scarlet was released as well. Like so, Scarlet and Karrion Cross could start their stuff uh, once again. Uh, they did an NXT, but somewhere else, and it was just amazing. It was what what they ever they can do. It's they can do it ten times better on the Indies because the Indies right now is the hottest scene in wrestling today. So. WWE, man, like they have so much talent that gets brought to them. It's just the talent, how much can it stick around and stay around because of what creative freedom WWE does give to their actual wrestlers, which, I mean, granted, there's so many people. There's two shows, SmackDown and Raw. You got to give them some airtime. You know, if it's on 205 Live, a main event that they still do, which I'm very shocked that they still do, they just got to get the their undercard there, and the, the undercard it can be as good as the main card on that then WWE. It's just it's just how that works every single year, but we're still seeing the same exact people in WWE who have been at the top of the game. Like I mean, if you say say Randy Orton, Randy Orton's been the main eventer since 2004. It is 2021. It's about to be 2022, and he's still the main eventer over in WWE. Granted, he's a great wrestler. Don't get me wrong. But you got to try to see the change of riding the wave of people, riding the wave of talent. It's kind of like what they, they, they somewhat did with CM Punk when he had his time and fame there in WWE. Then he just fell off the face of the earth because he just got tired of doing WWE stuff because he understood what was going on with WWE background and creative. So that's it. It's, it's a, it's, it's, there's a lot of free agents out there. Wrestling is awesome. I love wrestling. I'm getting back into it. I'm going to get back into it. And that's that's the bottom line because that's what Kramer says so. I'm going to end the show today on this note. There was the parade that happened for the Atlanta Braves where a bus that was carrying people just driving 30 miles per hour down an open lane in Atlanta. This, this is probably the first time the bus was ever getting uh, getting through such quick traffic, such as in Atlanta. Very funny. That would suck if you're going to just watch the parade and you see this big old bus just driving down fast and you're seeing, oh, I wonder which player that was because they're going like 50 miles per hour down this. Or even the, Ra- the Braves pitcher who got her, almost got arrested during the parade. Granted, they, they cleared everything up, but yeah. This has been Sarah's with Kramer. 
Hopefully everybody has a great Saturday. Bump at Kansas City. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660.